Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Pulling the Strings podcast, as always powered by Puppet. My name is Ben Ford. I am our Developer Relations Director here at uh, Puppet, and I'm active in the community as Benford2K. We may have talked a few times in the past. Today, we're talking with Edwin Maldonado. He's a solutions architect here at Puppet, where he helps customers improve their DevOps practices. And prior to joining Puppet, he worked as a software engineer and consulting architect in Europe. He says that he enjoys learning and being a home barista. So something that uh, a lot of people may not know about Puppet is that we're very big on our coffee. Uh, We have had several uh, like commercial uh, coffee uh, roasters actually work at the company, and they would bring their beans in and share um, we have espresso machines in the uh, in in the office, and uh, the, we even have a video on our, our internal confluence on like how to brew the best uh, espresso. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think that this is a perfect match. You know, it's like uh, not not only do uh, do we do dogs, but we do coffee. And then uh, Edwin here uh, appears to be an expert. So maybe you could tell us about your home setup. <laughs> for sure. Uh, thanks, Ben. Uh, thanks for uh, for the intro. And thanks for having me here. Um, hey, everyone. My name is Edwin. Um, I'm not an expert barista, let's say. I'm more like an, uh, like an aficionado. Um, but yeah, I, I like coffee. Don't tell yourself too, too short, you know. Come on. <laughs> I'm a big <laughs> coffee drinker. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I, I have um, like several different methods to, to brew my coffee, um, like from filter-based methods to the good old mocha pot, the Italian tradition, let's say. And uh, the, the mocha pot, that's that's the one that sits on the stove and it just kind of percolates and boils over, right? Exactly, yeah. It, it is like, like it tastes like maybe like like cowboy coffee. That's what I imagine. Like, like it is it is a strong and, and it's like, wake up. <laughs> and I always picture like holding it over an open fire or something, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. And, well, yeah, someday... I actually would like to do that, like on top of a volcano or something. Just like get one of these like like camping stuffs and just like. Oh, that would coffee. be great, right? I, I'm, a, I'm a big backpacker, so uh, when when pandemic is done and we can like travel again and everything, we'll have to meet up and, and we'll take a, a hike somewhere. Um, I'll bring the gear, you bring the coffee. Awesome, that's a deal. <laughs> right on. So you you started your career as a software engineer. Um, how did you end up moving into infrastructure management? That seems seems like quite a, a, a trajectory. Um, yeah, um, that's that's right. So, oof, I I started my my career maybe like in two thousand eight or something like that. Um, I was still in the university, but I wanted to like like to have some money because I I'm the kind of guy that likes to buy stuff that <laughs> comes from from my own effort. Let's say you like uh, to have the goodies. Exactly. Yeah, but I didn't want to ask my 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 parents for that, so I, I wanted to make sure that I I earned those those goodies. So I went to like a couple of different companies. Um, at the beginning of my career, I was just doing software development. I did some uh, pure web development with PHP, uh, JavaScript, and MySQL back then. I helped a couple of companies uh, running like Magento sites and stuff. Um, and then little by little, I started to move into more like like serious stuff, like not only using like other people people libraries, let's say, um, but starting to create something from the scratch, like a I don't know, like, like like an entire application from the scratch. And I think that that's where, in my opinion, things got interest 
Um, so I joined. I always a- love building things. That, that that was why I got into into writing, uh, writing software. It was like I I was always like the creative person who liked building mm-hmm. and making and and um, I'd like build a table or something. And then you're limited by the the wood and the the tools that you have and like the connectors you have. But with the, exactly. the software, it's like if you can describe it in mm-hmm. in enough detail, you can make it. It's like you're you're not limited by by basically anything but your own imagination. You can build what's in your head. Exactly. I mean, that's a very, very uh, fanciful description of it. And, and we know that it's not actual reality, but, you know, that's what I told myself <laughs> when I got into <laughs> software engineering. Right. Yeah, but, but but it takes a while. Like, like you have to spend some time doing that. For example, like like other, um, like using other like frameworks and stuff. So you can get used to it and, and, and your mindset starts uh, to change, I guess. Um, so um, I ended up working with a, a couple of startups, uh, one startup in Guatemala in particular. I'm from Guatemala, by the way. And this startup was called Blue There's Kite. some great hikes in Guatemala, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Like there's huge volcanoes there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I believe that uh, like working at Blue Kite actually like catapulted me, if you can say that, to like other opportunities because like I had the chance to like work with great people. Um, like great managers. And I think that we were like doing stuff that we really believe in. So that kind of like, like empower us. And, and, and I guess that from that point, which was like more or less like 2013, I guess, um, to this point, I have been like in my head, like, like chasing down the rabbit hole, like, like trying to learn more and more about like how things work, let's say. So after being a software engineer, I, I spent some time uh, like uh, doing consultancy. I, I work um, here in Berlin. Now I live in Berlin. Um, I, I, I work at a company as a technical architect. And I, and I guess that that was another big step in my, in my mindset, let's say, because I started to think about how customers actually consume your, uh, your product. Um, so it's not just like like you work on something and then you, you expose that you make it publicly um, publicly available and then everyone starts using it because that's how I was thinking about like a product let's say uh, so my mind started to change again uh, but this time more into the direction of like how customers really use your product like they use it in a different way than what it was designed for maybe sometimes. So I so I guess that like this point in my in my career uh, here in Berlin like helped me a lot a lot to uh, to grow into what I do at Puppet now, and I guess that um, I, I I realize a couple of patterns let's say um, in in working with um, like being a customer um, being in a customer uh, facing role let's say I noticed that most of the projects were failing because. Not not because of the development per se, but because they were just deploying it into more or le- more or less like like bamboo sticks type of thing. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so, so, so you kind of you, you just went directly into uh, what this uh, solution architects team does. Like here at Puppet, mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a a pretty elite group. It's it's sort of like our uh, like our our crack seal team or something that that we send. <laughs> Uh, to customers to, to help them solve some of their biggest problems. And it sounds like you're just like talking about getting like going directly there. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's funny that you mentioned that 
uh, like we have like a SEAL team. Uh, I, I truly like my team, uh, like the solutions architects um, at Puppet. I enjoy working with them. Like like these guys are uh, some of the smartest guys that I that I have a chance to to work with. And totally, like I started like looking at configuration management, more infrastructure topics because of that. Because I realized that like the customers were deploying stuff into like fragile environments. Like it was okay-ish for testing and development, but not production ready. So I knew about Puppet Chef and all the configuration management tools that um, like have been there since more more or less like ten years ago, but I never had a chance to actually like being in a role where I was applying those concepts. Let's say, so I decided that I wanted to learn more in, uh, more of those topics, and at the same time, I I was thinking already in into more like software architecture per se, like like why projects go well and, and, and like what are some of the patterns of projects that, uh, that fail. And that's how I ended up uh, talking with Nigel. Uh, Nigel is a, is a field CTO here at Puppet and he's my manager. He's awesome, by the way. And uh, I, I, I spoke with Nigel. I noticed that um, he was recruiting for his team. And then I said like, okay, that's a good opportunity. I want to take it. That sounds awesome. So we're we're coming up on on talking about a tool that that you've built, but I kind of want to, uh, or that your team has built, I should say. Um, but I kind of want to set the stage a, a little bit and talk about like the background of like why uh, why the tool is uh, important. Uh, when I was in education, um, we 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 like built classrooms. We we would put people in classrooms where they could sit down at a PE console and and uh, do the exercises with us. And so we kind of we we did some of the earliest automation of standing up of puppet enterprise infra- infrastructures and we did a, a handful of different types of infrastructures um standalone we had one one uh, server for the classroom and multiple clients connecting to it uh we gave people their own machine you know like we we did different iterations of all of these and so we had to build all of these automations uh for doing this and it was surprisingly difficult. Uh, we we did all we put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into into making these work. And I I I I, I don't know like like what kind of I, I imagine that you have had a lot of engagements with customers who also have these very very difficult challenges because like this is something that is inherently not easy to do. Right. So. Yeah. What what are, are what are the things that your customers were facing that, that sort of prompted the the building of this tool? Um, yeah, I I I think that what you mentioned before, um, like for, uh, try, trying to automate um, a, a, your puppet infrastructure, being an instructor, let's say it is more or less like 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 in a small scale what customers actually uh, face every day. So. Um, a little bit worse, let's say, just because um, if you're a different a financial institution, there are like teams of teams. So like you have not only technical challenges, but you also have communication challenges. Oh yeah, um, and and I think that and those um, are probably the worst ones, right? <laughs> I will say that those are, at least to me, like like very interesting problems, like like how teams behave and 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 the reason behind uh, behind that. That's something that. I find very interesting. 
Um, but just to answer your question, um, um, the project that uh, we're going to talk today, which is called uh, the Puppet Enterprise Administration Module, or PADM for short, <laughs> uh, came out of, um, of the necessity, I guess. And this this is coming from direct, direct uh, customer feedback. And I didn't have the chance to be there in that moment when the project started because this happened like way before um, I joined Puppet. But customers were having issues trying to not only like installing Puppet, it's a thing that you will do, I will say that just a couple of times in your entire career as a, as a Puppet administrator. And the reason behind that is because like you usually operate that, hopefully. Uh, you, you never go into a point where, where you cannot upgrade uh, Puppet anymore. Um, like sometimes customers do. Uh, there are always workarounds for that. Um, but doing installation, it's, it's something that it's annoying, uh, time-consuming, uh, but hopefully you will only have the chance to do it once or twice in your, in your Puppet administration career. Um, but how do you maintain that? That takes a lot of time as well. Um, how how you maintain your puppet infrastructure? How you uh, how, uh, how you operate that, and how you make sure that it still serves the purpose that it was designed for, or at least it is still working um, towards your infrastructure strategy. Let's say, so that takes a lot of time, and and that time sometimes it's like very manual and repetitive, and you don't want to do that especially if you have like a lot of support requests and you have other things to do. Um, so in, in anything repetitive, it, it's like a prone to error or at exactly. least not doing it the same way. Exactly. With variances. Yeah. yeah, totally. So um, Reed, um, which is um, another solution architect from, from my team and, and, and Cody, I believe that they were the ones that started working on PADM and they built... Uh, the first version uh, to install an extra large architecture. And uh, maybe um, for the ones that are not familiar with the uh, uh, supporter architecture of Puppet, we have a standard architecture, we have a large architecture, and, and we have an extra large. And an extra large ar architecture usually comes with compilers, maybe like a pool of compilers, and, and, and you have like a separate dedicated uh, Postgres instance for uh, your, your infrastructure. So, and that's always been the hardest one to set up because the oh, things yeah. have to be set up in the proper order and you have to connect to them in the in the right order and everything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So this can easily take you, I don't know, like a couple of days, I would say, like depending on, on, on the level of permissions that you have, maybe you need to request something else, but like this takes time. Um, but if you have something that can easily do it for you, like any works every time, I, I guess that that would be awesome to have, like just thinking out loud. So that's that's the first uh, purpose of of PADM, like like taking out. I, I yeah, I guess that we called it like the life cycle actions related to maintaining and and like running Puppet Enterprise, like provisioning or installing and running upgrades. Um, well, that's perfect because you 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 didn't design it just to like install. It, it wasn't just a script to install the thing. It's it's like administration tasks for maintaining it over its entire lifetime. Right, exactly. I, I I believe that maybe at the beginning it was just like that. Maybe like an MVP, let's say. Like let's just yeah. create this that installs and like an extra large architecture. Uh, but then it, it has been evolving. I I would say, um, and now like we support um, like installing, upgrading. Um, to different architectures. And if the project 
was not created with PEDM, you can convert your whole infrastructure to, uh, to something that works with PEDM, and then you can easily upgrade to the latest version of Puppet. Um, and, and you said something about platform, uh, or mm-hmm. I think uh, a moment ago. It also helps you if, when you're upgrading the uh, platform that it's uh, built on, right? And the reason I ask is that we just mm-hmm. did a podcast with Paul who was talking about uh, his uh, automation tools for helping you uh, upgrade your systems uh, now that uh, RHEL 8 is going well. <laughs> yep, I, I, I would think so. Um, I, yeah, I think that the main goal... Um, and I guess that this is going to be like maybe like a pattern with um, with the people that work at Puppet, let's say. Like we all have automation in our minds. Yep. And that's kind of cool because like even though we work in different teams, we have the same goal. Like it is like a shared goal, right? Like we are working on different tools in different levels to help the customer at the end, like uh, doing like, like better at managing their their infrastructure. So, how did you end up getting involved with the the project? <laughs> that's a that's a good question, and and uh, sa- sadly, it's not going to be like like um like, <laughs> like a wow type of uh, <laughs> how, how I started. But um, so when I joined Puppet, um, I knew what what Puppet was. I I believe that I had a chance to play with Puppet in two thousand thirteen. Um, and it was different. <laughs> it was like oh, maybe yeah. version three, I guess it was. Um, oh yeah, we've we've grown and changed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, now it's way better. Um, and so I I I already knew how how Puppet works in principle, let's say, but I was like super new to the idea um, of of Bolt. I didn't know what what Bolt was. <laughs> so when I joined Puppet, um, one of the first things that I remember that I was involved with was. Um, like collaborating with this thing called PEDM, which is the module that we have been discussing today. Um, and the first thing that I did, as far as I remember, was to um, make sure that the download process is more reliable. Um, so I, I believe which, that... Which download process do you mean? Um, sorry, um, in, inside PEDM, there is one task in specific that is in charge of downloading uh, Puppet, uh, the, uh, the tarball. Oh, like getting the agent installed or, or whatnot? Um, basically just like downloading the project, um, to start with, I guess. So, so, so you have the link to download, um, like P, uh, in, in, in a version in a specific and. Oh, wait, so, so you're saying that this tool not only helps you install and manage and, and maintain uh, puppet, but you don't even have to de- uh, download PE to begin with. It'll, it'll do that for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. It is an option actually. Uh, you, um, like PEDM works based on on on, on parameters, and uh, you and you can pass like like a different of um, like list of parameters. Maybe we can like share the link later uh, with the audience. Um, mm-hmm. But one of those parameters is 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 the download option. If if I'm not wrong, we are actually working. We have a ticket for that to to allow the customer to specify um, the download uh, the download link. For, for Puppet Enterprise. Um, but if you want to just like run it as it is, it will just download Puppet from the typical source and it will do it for you. You don't have to do nothing other than just pass the parameters that you need and it will do. That's what... really cool. I, I believe that that's awesome. And if, for example, for a standard architecture, it takes you, if, if you will do it manually, it might take you one day, let's say, more or less. Um, but if you do it, if, if you do it with PEDM, it will take 
25 minutes maybe. Minutes, yeah. And, and that kind of gives you the idea like of the power of PDM. Like if installing, it's like tw- uh, 25 minutes and then I end up with a fully popular enterprise uh, system running. Wow. Like I, I can have more time now for other important stuff. Yeah, that's 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 really cool. Uh, I I think I got us uh, derailed in talking about another really interesting topic. Although although that's that's really awesome to hear. Of. I'm I didn't know that uh, P admin managed all the downloading for you as well. But it sounds like you're saying that maybe working on P admin and, and doing some of this was was like your onboarding to the solutions architect team. Um, I will say that it was not officially my onboarding, but I. I had a chance to actually learn what Bolt was because of PDM. So long story short, I, I, I had this task, um, which was a ticket on Jira, in our team's Jira, mm. um, to modify that task inside PDM. And the first thing that I realized was like, I'm not sure how Bolt works. <laughs> I, I had the idea that you can, like, you can use Bolt just to run commands on remote targets. And I say like, okay, so that's kind of cool. But I didn't know that you can write tasks and plans and, and what's the difference between those things. And and so that was all new to me. Um, and PADM yeah. helped me to, to I would say like, like to finally learn what Bolt is and how it works. And, and it's pretty cool. Like I believe that not only because I work at Puppet obviously, but I, I believe that Bolt actually has like a lot of potential like for internal um, like sticking yeah. stuff, let's say. I do, I do too. I and and you say that thing about uh, plans. Uh, sort of the way I see plans is is like an infrastructure wide application that does uh, orchestration tasks for you, and and you just like write the different nodes that you want to do different things, and and they just coordinate together and and all uh, result in the action that you were are trying to go for. Um, I think Bolt, Bolt's really cool. Could you tell us like what? what it is about Bolt that makes it so suitable for the uh, the tool that you're working on? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that um, Bolt is, is powerful uh, for maybe two things. The first one is like it allows you basically just to execute stuff. Like it, it could be a script or just like a command in a list of targets. So you can just pass those parameters to Bolt and, ro- um, and Bolt will, uh, will run it for you. That's like the basic use case. The second one, and I believe that that's one of the coolest ones, is that if you're already a proper enterprise user, you don't have to like do crazy stuff just to deal with um, access and security. You can run Bolt from 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 the Puppet server and access uh, the whole node list that you manage uh, with, uh, without dealing with like like security credentials and stuff. Yeah. Um, and and I think that that's that's the best thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. It uses the PCP uh, transport layer exactly. that uh, Puppet uses on the the back end. So mm-hmm. once you have PE installed, you can just tell uh, tell Bolt to use that, and you can do it from the console or you can do it from the command line. Yep. Um, it's it's real easy, straightforward. Totally. And you uh, you mentioned something a, a couple of minutes ago. Um, plans and tasks. Um, I think that. When I first um, was working with PDM, I was confused a little bit about like what's the difference between tasks and plans. I thought it was the same. And from from talking to customers, I believe that some of the customers have the same uh, questions that I have. So for example, um, just to clarify that, 
from 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 my software engineering view, let's say, I can see a task as a method or like a function. Yep. You write a task to execute one single thing. So it, it is more or less like a single responsibility type of view. And at, that's that's what a task should do. Like you should never do like like a task modifies, I don't know, like like Postgres and then changes a configuration in WordPress and then executes I don't know, a script, and then communicates the results to Slack. Like, that's too much. A task should only do one thing, like one single responsibility for that task, and that's it. And that's why we have plans. Exactly. Plans that pull them together. Exactly. And then plans, plans are like a class. If you're coming, like 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 me from, from software engineering, a plan is just like a class. You have a bunch of, like, uh, business logic if you want to. Um, and from, the, from a plan, you can call different tasks. Right. And that's that's the main difference to me. Yeah, the the, pl- the plan is the thing that wraps it all, pulls it all together, and kind of orchestrates everything. Yes, it's it's pretty cool. I'm I'm uh, working on some re- uh, relay workflows uh, right now and building some integrations, and it's the exactly the same kind of thing. It's like how much fits into this this particular uh, step. It's one single thing. It's like one co- uh, uh, composed uh, uh, task that it has to get done. And then the workflow itself is what uh, wraps all that together. And it's the same thing with tasks and plans. It's yeah. like thinking about these things in composable way, mm-hmm. because once you, if if you build your task so it uh, it does all the different things, like you said, like pings out to Slack and it, it does database ad, uh, administration and everything else, mm-hmm. then it becomes very single purpose, and you can only use it for that one thing ever. Yeah. But if you if you make it to be a single purpose thing, then it's composable. You can you can stack them together, and you can make other things that uh, that uh, use that same function. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how how I see things, and and I I guess that as as you mentioned, if you want a task to be reusable, having that single responsibility in mind helps a lot, and it's better if you do it from the beginning. Yeah, and it, it's. Like to me, I think that automation itself isn't always, it, it's not just about like working more efficiently and saving time and, and like doing stuff faster and what whatever. It's about making things uh, repeatable and, and provable. And, and so you can expect the output and there's less, less variance along the way so that, that you don't end up tracking down and troubleshooting later. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it just lets you take your pro- uh, process and codify it so that once you start it, you know exactly what's coming out on the other end. Uh, and it seems like P admin is like the perfect example of that. It's like, not only do you have all of these, these things that are saving you time, but you've got these, uh, these tasks that are going to give you uh, uh, the same result at the, at the end. Yes, totally. And, and uh, this is, I'm glad that you mentioned that because um, if someone in the audience um, wants to, I don't know, like take a look to PEDM, uh, go to the public repo, everything is public, and you will just like read the plans, like read the basic one, which is the install plan. And you can see all the different calls to the to the tasks that we have. And you will see that single, single responsibility um, idea behind that. Um, and it automates um, repetitive tasks, as, as you mentioned. And I, I think that that's very important for, for our customers. That's cool. Is this our, our um, sorry, is this a module open source? Is it, are you inviting people to uh, contribute or, or poke at it or anything? Yes. Um, I, I think that this was the idea since, since the very beginning. We, we still believe that. Um, we welcome contributions. Um, there's one thing to, uh, to keep in mind, though. It's like, if you 
as a customer, if you're a customer in the first place, um, and you want to use PADM, it will be better if you talk to uh, your TAM or maybe you talk to your SE uh, first and we, we can give you an intro. So we work a lot internally to make uh, PADM a module that is um, supported at Puppet. But it's important that we introduce you to the project if if you want to, let's say. Um, like uh, training uh, around how to use it? Um, I will say that it's, it's not really training, um, but sometimes um, like customers have like, they, they, they think that PDM is for something else. And it's important to set expectations uh, that PDM uh, helps you to install, upgrade, and basically maintain your, your puppet infrastructure. So I think that it is always helpful, I guess, um, that a TAM or, or like a solution architect introduce you to the project. Um, but if you want to contribute, feel free to do that. We accept pull requests and we, we are happy to review that. So if, if people are taking the same kind of approach that you've been talking about of, of, of building this and, and trying to automate a, uh, a new process or, or whatnot, do you have solution, uh, suggestions for how to get started? Uh, yes. I, I think that this is, um, th- uh, this is always tricky, let's say, because um, sometimes uh, you don't even know what are your sources of, um, of, of toil, let's say. And... Uh, remember that toil is like that repetitive task that is not helping you towards your your strategy or goal, but it just takes time. Like it is just like maintaining work that it will not help towards the uh, at the goal of the company. So I would say that if you want to start automating uh, your processes, it will be a good idea um, if this is like uh, like a like a team effort. You will go. Further, let's say, if you take that approach, like talk to your team. Maybe you can start like 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 having like a brainstorm brainstorming session, uh, listing all the topics that you do every day, and and maybe from there you can discover that, huh, you know what? Maybe we we can just ignore this step or like write a script for that, and maybe that's how you can start. Um, so map map your processes, even if you think that that's something that cannot be. Um, automated, let's say, but maybe someone else will, will have more information or more context and you will end up like automating that thing. And by map your process, you basically you mean just kind of write down all the steps that you're doing and, and, and uh, kind of collate them with other people uh, on the other teams and all the things that they're doing? I think that that's a, that, that's a, that's a I don't want to say simple uh, because yeah, nothing is simple, right? <laughs> and and that sound was was me just like hitting my hand, like no. <laughs> um, so I would say that that's one way to do that. Um, and this this might sound weird, but like some of the stuff that we do in the in the, in the solutions architect team is to help customers to map their processes. So what we do is to is to just like like wrap the team. Like we talk to the to the puppet infrastructure team in the in the, in the customer side. Uh, we try to invite everyone that has knowledge about their infrastructure networking their uh, their setup. But at the same time, we're trying to invite managers and someone that has like business logic. And we take that like almost like a domain-driven design approach, DDD. Uh, we sit everyone in, 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 a, in a Slack nowadays because of COVID. Uh, but usually it should be like in, a, in one room uh, 
um, we have that room with a lot of stickies and we start mapping what they do. For example, they can start with mapping their, uh, their current module development and deployment. That's one process, right? Or like actually two processes, like developing and then deploying. If you map that, you will find things that you can fix or automate or like improve if you want to, but you have to start somewhere. Um, and that's one of the ways that uh, we usually recommend uh, customers to, to do. Cool, cool. Well, let's go ahead and uh, wrap this up, I, I suppose, close up now. I think that the lessons that, that we can take away, what, what you've been talking about are, are really straightforward. And it's like, when you've got a manual task eating up uh, your team's time, it's it's worth looking at automation and 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 the key is like capturing all of that institutional knowledge that you have into mm -hmm. some kind of processes that are documented or or mapped out and and just kind of make sure they're in alignment with all the teams that are involved and then once you have all of that like like concrete and solidified then it be, it becomes a whole lot easier to look at that and and just automate the, the like pull out the different parts that you can automate that mm -hmm. uh, and autom uh, uh, put them together later on. Do you have anything that you'd like to uh, add to that? No, I think that that was a great um, like, like wrap up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really just about like taking abstract ideas and, and mm -hmm. just kind of like making them concrete. And once, the, once they're like on a piece of paper or on stickies mm -hmm. or on a whiteboard or whatnot, it becomes a lot easier to like look and see pathways through. And, and turn those into tasks and plans and, and or whatever it is that you're using to automate. Exactly. Um, and those become very, very easy to, to write. Yeah, and it's way better, as you mentioned, if the whole team can see that um, that document or that artifact or like the sticky notes in, the, in, a, in, in a whiteboard, because it's easier to, talk, uh, to have conversations around that than just like talking abstract things in a, in a, in a Zoom video call. Um, that, that helps a lot. Well, cool. Uh, so if people have feedback or ideas, you, you said that, uh, they can, uh, try out the module and, and like file tickets and, and whatnot. Um, and we'll put links to it in the, uh, in the show notes, but it's uh, on the forge. It's just puppet labs, P E A D M. Um, mm -hmm. do you, uh, do you or other team members, uh, uh, hang out in Slack or any uh, places that people could, uh, uh, talk to you or maybe Twitter or other social media? I believe that uh, the whole team is in the is, is in the uh, public community Slack. Uh, you can find me there. Um, I, as far as I remember, my my nickname there is is just my name, Edwin. Um, you can also send us an email, which is uh, sa from Solutions Architects sa at puppet .com. Um, and you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm usually like active, let's say, on 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 Twitter, just like. Uh, sharing ideas and my um like twitter handle is mc inside all together mc inside and we'll put we'll put links to all of that in the uh in the show notes so you don't have to be like frantically scribbling things down right now <laughs> <laughs> right on well uh, and that is a wrap for today and once again thank you for being here edwin and uh thanks everybody for for listening and thanks for being here on pulling the strings uh powered by puppet thanks man 